welcome to the 68th roundup of the PPC Chat Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host Anu, I'm the founder of MindSwan, a company through which I aim to share my ideas about paid search, paid media especially, um, and yeah, my passion for doing digital reporting well through a tool that is already on everybody's laptop. Yes, that's right, it's Microsoft Excel. So if you want a free consult to see about what I can do for you in regards to paid media um, and implementing scripts and doing like all manners of automations, which is a passion of mine, or even just cutting your spend um, on your data analysis tool, just send me a message at hello at mindswan.com or get to me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram with the handle mindswanppc. <clears throat> So in this episode, we have Julie Bicini leading us on the topic on um, a hot spot, you know, of uh, a, a hot pot even, I, I'll call it, of different paid media topics. So we're talking from Google updates to Facebook updates and actually, you know, to things like just what's your plan for the future in terms of like Q4. Um, and yeah, which there's also like um, an added extra bit at the end there where she opens up the floor for people to ask their own ad hoc questions. So I'll call that the bonus round of questions anyway so going on to question one getting right into it um question one starts with google ads has announced a few changes over the past few months let's talk about the end of accelerated delivery do you care does it change anything for you so if you haven't heard about that um we're in the settings where you can have accelerated um delivery where the um, the google tries to spend your daily budget as quickly as possible so that's if you like have a lot of budgets and you're not sure of volume i just want to make sure that you spend the budget quickly that setting is being sunsetted i love that term um as so so does julie i'm um, sure will mention later um so yeah that has been sunsetted what do you feel about that nathan kelly goes i'm a little bit upset about it if i had the budget and was trying to maximize reach i'd turn on accelerated delivery so yes it's all about maximizing maximizing reach when you have a lot of budget Brooke Osmondson replies to question one saying, honestly, this doesn't change um, a, th a ton for me. I can see it changing potentially for B2B where they may only want to show certain times of the day. I need to make sure their budget is fully allocated. Just a thought. Julie goes, I'm sort of meh on this one. I don't use acceler accelerated delivery a ton, but like most things, I prefer more options rather than fewer. My criminal replies and goes, um, I used to use accelerated delivery a lot, but now it doesn't seem to have as much impact as it used to have years ago. I even forgot which campaigns, which campaigns were using it. Elches replies, I do like accelerated for things like brands as to make sure we maximize reach. Not a huge deal, but just another control taken off the table for us. Um, and I put an input for this one as well, saying not used it in a while as well. So I used it for other brands that had a lot bigger budget so yeah we don't use it um for my financial client at um at the moment um but he did i then go on to say but i'm very curious to see how other bidding or budgeting strategies change due the to due to this longer no longer being available so does google is google then going to push towards different bidding strategies like smart bidding so yes i feel that this might just be their way of trying to push other products that they've put more money behind um amy hebden replies to question one saying google stated reason for the switch to standard eyes are disingenuous to keep cpcs down really but it doesn't really affect my accounts um 
So yeah, we've then got um, Keith Aldred replying to question one saying, I've never really been a fan of accelerated ad delivery for various reasons and thus haven't ever used it. So this won't affect the accounts I work on. That said, I rarely see it as a good thing when features or options are taken away. So we just don't like things being taken away from us. Like, you know, a child, you've been given us candy, don't take it away. Um, so yeah, Julia Vice replies um, to question one as well saying, accelerated delivery doesn't affect me much. I turned it off when I flipped to shared budgets. Ryan Bennion replies question one saying, I like the ability to know fast if an ad was going to work or not. I can see from a user experience how annoying it is to see multiple ads in a given period, which makes sense why Google would move towards it, would move to removing it. Doesn't mean I have to like it though. Um, so yeah, but I do find um, Julia Vice's response on that very interesting, saying that she turned it off when she flipped to shared budgets because I think Google does like the idea of us using shared budgets. It's just me. Anyway, so Julie goes on to question two, saying Google Ads is also sunsetting. Yes, she goes that she loves that term, as I as do I. Showing ads, um, so she's sun. Google Ads is also sunsetting, showing ads, average position. Do you care? Does it change anything for you? Brooke jumps in here, going um with the change in SERP structure. Average position has become less and less relevant over time. So I'm not too upset about this. When they had your top and right real ads, then it was important. Mike is replies to question two, saying average position used to be a big factor in my bid optimization process, and I freaked out when the announcement came out. Now I'm feeling better when it's sunsetting. Still, though, aren't there better things for them to work on? Nathan Kelly replies to question two, saying, while I did rely on average position for keyword bidding, I understand why it is not a perfect benchmark. How do we optimize around absolute top, top of page? Can we get conversion performance for each one? And then we've got Julia Weiss um, responding to um, question two, saying, I'm so glad they're doing this. The positions are so meaningless now with personalized to device level content that anything keeping my clients from asking me about position bidding is a blessing. Um, Amy Hebden replies to question two, saying, I say good riddance to every position go away, going away. It, confl uh, it conflates rank with um, position on page and encourages clients who are prioritizing the wrong metrics. Number one on Google doesn't mean what you think it means. Gas Pitt replies to question two, saying this was handy to have but the metrics that have replaced this give you a much better understanding of where your ads place so not to worry. LTS replies to question two saying I had some rules etc that had to be changed with bid adjustments for times or days audience demos etc this metric had lost its steam however and become almost irrelevant except in some cases. Julie Bettina replies to question two saying I'm pretty meh on the average position change too and um, yeah and I give a response to this saying yes I love a good subsetting use um, but yes yeah, someone who is a fan of quantifying things in numbers not a fan of this so yeah I guess I'm just used to saying yes we're at average position one or two or three so yeah you need to do better to get a high position or you know average position one is too expensive so bring it down so yeah I just feel the whole conversation of you need to be at the top but not absolute top um yeah I don't think it's going to fill clients with a lot of confidence and yeah they'll always be going I want absolute top um but yeah who knows Keith Aldridge replies saying, yes, I wish they would leave it and give us additional metrics. More information is always better when working on our accounts. And that was in answer to question one. It really feels like they're trying to push us into automation by taking away 
information. Steve Gibson replies to question two saying, I used average position a lot, including for, for identifying when Google thought an ad had low relevance, so had to see it. So sad to see it go. But getting percentage for top of page versus bottom would soften the blow. Ron Mahoney replies to question two saying, I care and it makes no sense. Who cares if we have that metric? I find it extremely helpful. Colin Slattery replies to question two saying, I like using it to see how things were trending. If average positions started slipping, it would indicate new competitors increasing bids from current competitors or slipping in the account. account. It's not a gigantic loss, though. Um, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Um and so, yeah, I um, also continue in answer to question two, saying um, it did also help that SA360 had already released their impression share bidding functionality. So I guess it's about talking to the client just about that metric instead of average position. That's what we started doing with our clients. So, yes, it's all about going, this is your impression share because it's not really about average position. It's really about what's your market share what's your share of the market that's actually out there and whether that's improving or not so in answer to question two we've got uh, matt valencourt saying not a fan of the chain because it's changed but never really used it as anything other than an informer so not a huge deal from where i sit um yeah amale fowler replies to question one saying i'm not mad about accelerated delivery ending i mostly avoided it except in accounts where budgets were strapped but now i can use Automated bid strategies if bidding the budget is what has my client concerned. She then goes on to answer question two, saying, as much as I loathe the push towards automation internally, externally, I have been preaching adaptability to my team, um, and we got to work with Google here. As soon as I know, as I knew Avid Position was going away, I taught my team to stop using it. Um, Mali then continues to, um, with the answer, going, am I happy about it? No, but I can use the top and absolute top um, absolute top impression share data as a replacement. Julie then goes on to question three saying Facebook ads will start having campaign budget optimization only next month. Do you care? Does it change anything for you? Um, Mark um, replies to yeah question three going, um, yeah, if you're running an ad set budget, this is actually going to be pushed out to February, FYI. Um, and then, yeah, um, Julia Vice concurs with that saying it's been pushed in February because people like her and Big Otto complained it's awful and shouldn't be required. Amale Fowler replies going, this is where my too long as a manager is showing my Facebook team has been discussing testing it, but I rarely work in Facebook anymore. I slacked my senior Facebook person this question. Um, and then, yeah, Julie Vice continues with her answer to question three, saying, like anything, it's a tool. It works really well for my B2B clients, but plays havoc with franchise franchisee budgets. I platform a platform with no implement, implementation support and no offline editor now needs me to make one campaign per region. Gas Pitt replies to question three, saying, slightly annoying as I feel I have more control over my campaigns if I am able to set the budget by ad set and monitor them daily. I've only used campaign budgets a few times. Julie Bicini replies to question three, saying, I'm annoyed by the whole thing because it took a long time for me to get my brain to think in ad set budgets and when it when or if it rolls out, I will need to rethink structures to make sure budget isn't eaten up by any one piece. 
My good system replies to question three saying comments on CBO. It's a great way to test. If you find a winner in a CBO, I will then test it with a designated ad set budget though. I'm a big fan of using it for testing though. If the ad set budget test doesn't win, then I keep it running in the CBO. And then Julie goes on to um, to question four saying, are you at all concerned about Facebook letting users block third-party data usage? Here is a link to announce the announcement from Facebook and I'll definitely provide that in the details. Well, but you need to go to like Spotify on one of my, um, the platform or like, you know, so like iTunes or Google Podcast to see those details. Um, so yeah, in answer to question four, um, we've got Julia Vice replying saying it's a pretty meagre nod to privacy. I don't think any pe uh, many people will actually opt out of these things. Mark Gustafson replies to question three is for those that want ad set level control, you can keep it by using spend limits at the ad set level. Despite the name, you can set minimum spends. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Amalia Fowler replying to question for saying like everything else, this setting will be so far buried in Facebook that nobody will know where to find it. Facebook is trending older now, day, now, sorry. Facebook is trending older now anyways, and I guarantee you my mom and her book club will continue to pay limited to no attention to these settings. Um, and then, yeah, we've got, um, yeah, Kirk Williams replying to, um, yeah, the El Chase where he talks about um, accelerated um, bidding. And Kat goes, yeah, most of the time we don't need it. But when we do like brand, then it's really nice to have. For instance, using accelerated delivery and the Ovid view tab to monitor, you could even pinpoint the exact hour your ads dropped and tie that to broader biz insights. That's a really nice tip. Um, and then, yeah, going on to answer to question four, I, I gave an answer saying that isn't this Facebook's version of the ad blocker and where um, there have been a very big nervousness about whether we will lose customers based off of this. So we're all like, yeah, there's people are going to stop ad blockers. They're not going to be able to see our paid search ads. But yeah, we really didn't see any traffic drop because of any of that. So I just feel that's just a version of this. So yeah, like in that situation, I don't think there's anything to worry about. My Gustafson replies to question four saying, lol, on the surface, it's scary. In reality, no one will do it except for the tenfold hat types. The only time I'd be concerned if um, is if they started showing a GDPR type pop-up about a yes, that is very very true. Chase replies to question four saying, I'm with others here. Just don't believe many people will use it. People are still going to take all those crazy tests to see what kind of dog they are, what celebrity they most resemble. <laughs> yes, it's a great procrastination tool. Anyway, Julie then goes on to answer question four saying, I also think the impact will likely be pretty minimal at this point. I don't see Facebook being super pushy about pointing people to these settings. Julie then goes on to question five saying, have you tried any new strategies for bidding lately? How have they worked or not worked? Um, yeah, and as we go on to halfway through the questions. And then going into a nice little thread here that, um, yeah, that gas pit continued on from when Mark Gustafson said, for those that want ad, ad set level control, you can keep it by using spend limits at the ad set level. Despite the name, you can set minimum spend. Gas pit um, replied, great stuff. Thanks, Mark. I'll have a look into it. Mark then continues, no problem. It's a nice to full spend if you feel Facebook chooses too quickly. Not enough people are talking about this feature. Um, and then Julia Vice replies, just remember those limits are not hard limits. It's within 20%. Don't get yourself a bad surprise by having it go 
over. So yeah, it would be nice if there was a script to stop that happening. Hmm? I wonder, if, are there scripts in Facebook ads? Hmm, I wonder. Um, they should they should try doing that, um, implementing that. Amali Fowler then replies to question five saying, yes, while I still prefer manual bidding, I'm seeing um, some automated strategy outperform and with tiny clients with small ad spend, I'm shudder seeing smart campaigns outperform everything. I tested it, but then I couldn't leave it. Um, Kirk Williams replies to question five saying, not surprising, I'm sure, but we're doing a lot of experimentation with smart shopping. Definitely seeing it work sometimes and crash and burn other times. Other concerns too that I've noted elsewhere. Um, and then, yeah, we've got, um, I give like, yeah, an answer to like some of the bidding that, um, that I've used, um, which is impression share bidding when we've moved away from bidding towards a position. And um, yeah, SA 360s auction time bidding that allows to bid that, you know, brings in a lot of different features, um, looks at a lot of different things on every single auctions and yeah, decides on the bids. And actually we've seen like a very improvement, a great improvement in cost per acquisition for that one. And I give a link as to... Um, yeah, a little bit of a blog about what auction time bidding it is. So, yeah, we've got relatively good results with that one. Um, and then, yeah, Kirk Williams actually then continues with his um, question to answer to question five, saying single biggest tip I have to share for smart shopping is pull top products into a custom label and then create one smart shopping campaign only for those products and keep the rest of your core account running smoothly. On legacy, um, Scott Beveridge replies, nice idea, might try this. Have you noticed, does it work better with an array of products at different price points, i.e. for a sofa store? Should I add best-selling sofas and best-selling cushions or literally just take the top X bestsellers regardless of price? Hmm, interesting question. I wonder whether Kirk managed to answer that. Um, so yeah, Mali Fowler then um yeah continues um an answer from Kirk Williams about shopping and um yeah Mali replies to that saying that I wish Google would understand that if I had more insight into the data and why something is working, I would be more inclined to use the automated strategy. Kirk replies that from what I have heard and seen, they are actually listening to advertisers' feedback on this, as this is coming to them from a lot of places. Someone was who was at a retail summit in New York in New York City a few weeks back said more data for smart shopping campaigns is now on the roadmap interesting really excited about that we do need more data while they're taking all these features away from us my gustafson replies to question five saying um i've had my eyes on a lot of facebook accounts lately um i think minimum rowers and cost cap are um interesting but i haven't seen consistent results across accounts so not much to report a go-to test for the larger budgets and broad tofu campaigns and um, tofu being top top of funnel um, campaigns. El Chase replies to question five saying testing some of the options with some successes, but still mostly manual bidding wins by quite a bit. Smart shopping we have tested with varying degrees of success so far. Brooke Osmondson replies to question five saying um, I'm starting to roll out some tests with maximized conversions, but only including certain conversions in action sets. Pray for me. <laughs> And then in answer to question five, Julie Bicini then goes, as with smaller budgets, it seems it takes too long to get campaigns rolling. If you use automated bidding strategies, clients are not generally being patient about that, and I can't really fault them. Um, yeah, Julia Weisstein replies to question five, saying tried and true, uh, maximize clicks, then flip to maximize conversions 
when there's enough volume, though I'm interested in store rate versus cost per installation on my app campaign. So yes, it's all about pushing us to this automated bidding because that really maximizing clicks, that does just about sound like accelerated um, um, delivery, doesn't it? Um, then um, Abdus Samad replies to question five saying, I tried an experiment for target CPA bidding strategy optimizing on offline imported conversions purchase valued at 10 times lead CPA and it went horribly wrong and it probably hor well, horribly went wrong. The campaign bid very aggressively resulting in three times CPCs and no leads had to end it. Ooh, that sounds tough. Um, so yeah, we've got um, Kirk Williams then replying to Question six, or is it question five? This is for brace for Amazon's explosive e-commerce sub dominance in Q4. Oh, so this in reply to, um, I know that there was a question for about what we're doing and what our plans are for Q4 is. And I'll just um, quickly pull up that question for you. Yeah, and that question was, um, are you planning to do anything new or different heading into Q4? If so, what and why? Um, and then, yeah, going back to um, our answers, yeah, Kirk said, brace for Amazon's explosive e-commerce subdominance in Q4. Um, and then going back to question five, my assistant replies saying, yes, this is my experience to start manual and then switch to auto bidding once you have data to make the, um, um, the middle um, funnel work. If you don't have clicks in that campaign, how can they maximize them well? Same with conversions. I love bid strategies, but we need to teach the machine. Um, I'll chase then replies to question six, going more Amazon and more video this year, and that will continue into Q4. Amazon will be huge again this year. So much growth in that channel for retailers. Um, Amali replies to question six, in all, in all senior seriousness, I've introduced learning segments to my team meetings, and I'm focusing on building a team of versatile and agile marketers, also keeping up myself. So that's great. Basically, the answer is, learning and that learning and pushing her team to learn to the changes and adapt to the changes in the market um yeah julia vice replies to question six more amazon more cross-platform harmonization and more ongoing learning time for me and the team yes learning is always great i put in an answer for question six saying deal with better deal better with clients who actually leave you to do your work instead of sending you 10 emails the first day back from a long bank holiday weekend. Yes, so that was basically a frustration from my day-to-day. -day. And um, yeah, also thinking about holiday strategy, Christmas time, um, we're going to probably be pulling back on span because, yeah, the, the volume's not going to be really there and pushing it into areas where we're actually going to see higher volume. Yep, and as I said at the beginning, um, yeah, Julie was going to give us a bonus round where there's going to be a bonus question that just asks if anyone would like to put any questions before the group. So any questions you'd like to put before the group, this is where you bring them in. And um, yes, there is some questions that come in. I think Glenn jumped at this one saying there's been enough time to try reports out on clients for RSA, so responsive search ads. Does anyone see a report format getting positive reviews by clients? We're still trying to present 
data in a way they'll like. Um, Colin Slattery replies to um, this one saying, don't have, don't have an answer to this, but I would like to reiterate my position that RSAs should be launched into the sun. <laughs> Glenn Schmelzer replies, maybe we won't get that, Colin, but Google could take the source of the RSA, those proverbial monkeys banging on typewriters, and launch them into space. Um, yeah, Colin replies, I had hope that um, the ability to make good combinations will improve. An altern alternate option would be to have more granular control of pinning social two stuff to pin in one and two. Julie Bettini says, I have half-formed blog posts. I have a half-formed blog post on RSAs and how they are such a departure to what Google Ads has preached to us since the beginning. Tight relevance between keyword or um, query, ad copy and landing page content. So yeah, with RSAs, it does really tie our hands with those options. And so there comes the end of um, this, um, yeah, nice and meaty chat going from like different topics of Google ads and Facebook ads and, you know, bidding options and, you know, plans for the future mainly. And then nice little extra bonus um, around there about RSA questions. I hope you found, um, yeah, this this chat quite useful and, you know, got some ideas about what to do with Facebook if you ever thought about that and, you know, if your thoughts haven't yet formed about some of the um, Google updates or Facebook updates, I hope that gave you some interesting ideas on tips on in terms of strategy and how to set your bidding and campaign budgets. And if you have any extra thoughts, please continue. Please put them down here. Send us a comment, you know, send me a message on um, MindSwan PPC or, yeah, just hashtag um, PPC chat on one of your tweets. And, um, yeah, we'll see your thoughts on this so yeah i hope you found this talk very useful and took some great takeaways um i like the great takeaway about you know the testing the different bidding options from between cbo and normal ad sets um you know minimum limits but also remember that there's a threshold of 20 percent as julia vice recommended there um yeah if you want to chat about this topic about any of the topics we covered today even um or any paid media or data analysis solution do get in touch with me by sending me an email at hello at mindswan.com and remember for your campaigns or businesses to glide smoothly there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface so keep your swans kicking bye